Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We are firmly into the off-season, but we're not done yet. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. Off-season for off-season, we're going to keep on going, bringing you the best NFL content with a Scottish slant that we can find. We're going to be looking for ideas. We're going to be talking about our awards. And bizarrely, I'm going to be defending Cam Newton. Ah, let's start there. Though. Let's get the hot thing done. Yeah, Cam Newton. So you sent me a message saying before this pod, just to let you know, we're going to be talking about Cam Newton and it's not going to go how you think it's going to go. So tell me, Paul, how's it going to go? So Cameron, you know that I love social media to a certain extent. <laughs> but I... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But I detest some of the self-made content that we get. You know, I hate people filming themselves watching television and goal celebrations. I detest all of that nonsense. And I also detest when people try and get a rise out of a celebrity by trying to antagonize them, you know, when they're filming on their mobile phone. So people may have seen the clip of Cam Newton at a sports camp, a seven-on-seven camp, basically getting heckled by this little tube. Um because he's a free agent. And Cam Newton immediately decides to say, well, where's your dad? And this gets then taken out of context. So Cam Newton's had to explain on Instagram what he was looking for was he took exception to what the kid said, and he thought the best thing to do was to go and speak to his parents and to explain. Now, these little tubes that go around filming themselves trying to upset people, Cam Newton was getting a little bit of grief for being a free agent. Let's talk about Cam Newton for a second. Heisman Trophy winner, national title winner. Season MVP in the NFL and a Super Bowl appearance. He nearly won that Super Bowl. That would be an incredible quartet of things to have on your CV. NFC champion. NFC champion. He still won the championship game. Yeah. So how this little tosser... (laughs) can get away with going viral and making himself look good. And we see this all the time. We see it in the news. We see it in sport. We see it everywhere of people clipping things down to suit their agenda. Hmm. Now, I've had my issues with Cam Newton before, but Cam Newton's given of his time and energy and effort to try and help these kids. And I thought it was a terrific thing to say, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm going to speak to your parent because I don't know about you. When I was small, if I gave anybody grief, the worst thing that somebody could do is say, well, I'm actually going to tell your folks because that puts a different slant on things. So Cam Newton, 100% back him all the way. I think he does some terrific work. I've said that before. I don't like the clothes. I don't like the cigar bars. I don't like all of this sort of nonsense. But in this case, 100% correct. He's the belter, and the wee boy is a ball bag. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You know, there's a social media can be a great thing, but it absolutely can be a negative thing where people do take someone else down at, for their own benefit. That's not a good place to be, and absolutely is total ball baggery behavior. Um, interestingly enough, there was uh, another. Um, clip of Cam this week where he's, and I've only seen a throwaway clip or two from it, where he's having an interview with a couple of guys, where he's talking about his time with the Patriots uh, and, and he's asked the question, you know are you, you know do you have a job next year and, and basically he's saying that he still is one of the best quarterbacks and he doesn't think there are 32 quarterbacks better than him in the NFL right now um, and, and I agree with that as well 
Um, I think that Cam is a character, right? The character questions out of it. Love him or hate him, whatever. Like it's close or not, whatever. It's not about that. It's about what he does on the field. Now, his season with the Patriots was obviously one that didn't go brilliantly. And there's so many headlines about the fact that it's the first time that the Patriots haven't won the division in so very long and what have you. That is also partly down to how good the Buffalo Bills were, who are the best they've been for a bloody long time, and they've got a cracking quarterback. It's not all on Cam Newton that the Patriots sucked this year. He's not got a lot of targets there. There was a lot of pieces moved on. That's a team that was sort of, you know, driven forward by one of the, uh, well, yeah, the GOAT. The best in the business, the best there is, the most decorated quarterback there's ever been in the NFL. That's one hell of a hard act to follow. It wasn't like any of the backups went in and did anything better. Cam Newton, I don't think, is done. Cam Newton's got something to offer in the right scheme and the right setup. And are there 32 quarterbacks in the NFL better than Cam Newton? No, I don't think there is. Definitely don't think there is. Um, Is he top 10? No, I don't think he's that either. But he's definitely good enough to be relevant, and he's definitely good enough to, to have a chance somewhere. Now, whether or not he goes back to New England, I don't know. I think they probably move on now. Um, I think even for their own cases, it probably makes sense to just go, right, we're in rebuild mode now. We need to take a year or two, get someone in and let them develop. Cam Newton's probably not going to be your quarterback in three years' time. Therefore, is there really that much value in continuing to put him in that position? Go get someone young. Go get someone who's available. Um, I, I was going to say Sam Darnold or someone like that, but the Jets are not going to be trading Sam Darnold to the, to the Patriots. But do you know what I mean? The, they need to go and do that. And I think, actually, you're right. It's been a week for Cam Newton, but I think he's come out in the, in, in the good side of it for me. Uh, he's, he is in the top 32 by a long shot, um, and he did deal with that situation, I think, pretty well. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, let's talk about quarterbacks. So they're talking at the moment, should the Texans trade uh, Deshaun Watson? You know, they're talking about three first-round picks for him. One of the the teams they're now talking about is Denver. Denver's track record of cultivating quarterbacks equals my own in trying to grow plants. It doesn't happen. Therefore, they want to go out and and shop somewhere else. Are you telling me that in the short term as a yeah (laughs) in a short term as a gamble, would you take three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, or would you go and sign Cam Newton if you were Denver? Now, in the short term, I'm not sure there's too much difference. You know, longer term, yes, obviously we think Deshaun Watson's going to last for longer, but that's a high price to pay. I think the other name we've got to throw in here is is Marcus Mariota. I think he's the real wild card here. He, I, I've always liked him. I think he showed what he can do when he came in for Derek Carr. If I was a gambler, would I risk Deshaun Watson in three first-round picks or would I try and pick up Marcus Mariota on a on a deal, I'd be going for Mariota. I know people disagree, but that's what I'd do. Yeah, and I think that a lot of this comes down to, and we talk about this so often, is the sum of the parts. If you've got enough pieces there that you know you can afford to give up all those picks and that you can put a quarterback in that can be successful now as well, because what you don't want to do is end up in a situation where Deshaun Watson's continually having bad seasons, because that then is something that you've got to continually try and turn around. I think that there needs to be a situation where there's a team that's got enough draft collateral and enough young talent that they can afford the expensive quarterback and give up those first round picks and be able to elevate Deshaun Watson to the point that he deserves because I genuinely feel he is one of the absolute best he's top three for me um in the NFL when it comes down to talent I genuinely think he's top three um and I think that 
he, he needs to land somewhere where he's got the opportunity to achieve the level of success that he is capable of. And I think that if I'm Deshaun Watson, I want to make sure that that happens. Uh, if he's going to be traded at all, and I'm still not totally convinced it's going to happen, I, I don't know how many toys will need to come out the pram. I don't know what action will need to be taken and whether Deshaun is willing to sit his butt to make sure that he gets traded away. Because if he's not, he's not going anywhere, I don't think. Um, if that if it does get hap- if it does get happen if he, if he does get traded at all he needs to go somewhere that's going to elevate him to that point and I don't th- I don't think the Denver Broncos is the place to go I'm not sure that the Broncos have all the pieces that they require um, right now to be able to give up those picks uh, and be able to take that quarterback and 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 push forward enough to really be that relevant. I mean, what a division. I mean, to have Watson versus Mahomes in that division from a quarterback point of view would be fascinating. Add in Justin Herbert to that conversation and holy hell, you know, there's that's a strong quarterback division. Poor old Derek Carr will be getting complex issues by the end of that one. And I, I rate <laughs> Derek Carr. Um, but, you know, I if there's an outcome to this, I just want Watson to end up somewhere decent. I really want the Texans to get value because they've not been able to do that on any of their trades recently. And there needs to be an end to what is this farcical management of this franchise. Um, They need to fix that. They need to fix it. They need to get something significant. And I think if they can start a bidding war, if they're going to let them go, they'll get one hell of a bidding war. Um, Interesting to see the Panthers. And there's obviously lots of rumors there about them jettisoning players, making a lot of salary space. Uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater becomes available. So if you're Denver, actually, is Teddy Bridgewater a better outcome there where you can go and take Teddy into your team uh, and put some pieces around Teddy uh, for a couple of seasons and maybe get in a young guy in and bring him through behind? I'm not sure Drew Locke is the guy there. I, I've not... Fine, he's not had a huge amount of game starts, but I've not seen enough there to, to make me feel like he's the guy to lead them forward. But again, I think that says a lot about the fact that the Broncos don't have all the pieces to be able to be a successful franchise right now. So Deshaun Watson isn't suddenly going to make that a Super Bowl candidate team. No, definitely not. So he, for Watson's point of view, he needs to go somewhere where that's a, a possibility. Could he do it in Carolina? He probably could. Him and Christian McCaffrey. Oofed. Tell you what, I tell you what, that NFC South, and I think I alluded to this to you in a message. If if Watson ends up in the NFC South, them Saints might be fourth of four for a while. Oofed. Uh, oh no, hang on, I forgot about the Falcons. Th- third, third. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's interesting. I mean, people think we're harsh on the Texans, so I would just like to say I firmly believe that they have got their mindset on a title. Uh, sadly, it's the CFL title, but that's <laughs> yeah. it goes. Uh, two, two other stories. Carson Wentz has obviously gone to Indianapolis. No great shock, I think. It, I mean, things had broken down completely in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, that's them now got rid of Peterson. It's Wentz. It's gone. I mean, they are in utter rebuild mode. It's no surprise he's gone to be with Frank Reich. I think the more interesting story, Cameron, is what on earth is going to happen to Big Ben? because the Steelers are in salary cap hell. Big Ben, I think, doesn't get enough credit for how good he can be. We all thought it was an unjust 11-0, and that's fair. And then he went a bit downhill. But, you know, he's won a couple of Super Bowls in his time. Can he be, for example, if they do decide to get rid of him, can he be another Peyton Manning, go somewhere that just needs a half-decent quarterback just to ping the ball about and run the offense without being a superstar? So it, it's an 
interesting one because Ben had a lot of talent around him last year on offense. No run game, which was definitely a problem. Um, could he go somewhere and be a success? Yes, could he be a Peyton Manning? No, I think he's more a Philip Rivers now. I think he's more a Philip Rivers at the Colts, where he is better than what they had, but I don't think, unless the situation's absolutely phenomenal, I don't think he's good enough to elevate a team that's been lingering uh, to a point where they're now winning. I'm, I'm trying to think about the franchises that could even come into the conversation with that, uh, and I'm, I'm struggling to really think of anywhere. Interesting context, if he ended up in Chicago, um, you know, let's say he ends up at the Bears for a season or two. Would he make that Bears team better? Absolutely he would. Would he make that Bears team better than the Packers? No, I don't think he would. And therefore, he can he can make a franchise improve substantially. Can he take a franchise to a Super Bowl and win it? I don't think any of the franchises that are in the conversation are looking for a quarterback, and therefore I don't think that happens. So it's, it's just quite fascinating. The, the other story that fascinates me is what the Jets are going to do with Sam Darnold. I've mentioned before, I'd, I'd take him in New Orleans. As a chance, I would take Mariota in New Orleans. I think Mariota's wasted as a backup, genuinely. I've always said, and I've said it from day one, I think he's a better player than Jameis Winston. I would take him quite happily. There's just so much potential movement. And of course, we've not even hit the hype season you know, we all know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one unless something sensational happens. But we're now seeing the other quarterbacks slowly but surely get hyped as they are every year. You know, they, they start, well, there might be one taken, two taken. Now they're talking potentially the first three picks could be quarterbacks, seven in the top 20. And this is supposed to be not, you know, a brilliant class. It's an OK class. We hear these same tropes every year. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's something I think we'll cover in a few weeks is who might be these sleeper quarterbacks that might come up and where they might go. Um, but it's interesting. I think I saw, I might actually be on OutKick, who said that I think from 2009 to 2016, there's not a first round drafted quarterback currently with the same team. Yeah. which is stunning yeah. because your job is to find your franchise quarterback and nobody has been able to do that out of the, the all the first-round picks that came out over that period. That's remarkable. It, it really is, and it's it's fascinating. To come back to the Carson Wentz one, because we've, we've not really spoken about it because I don't think we've done a podcast since this happened. Um, it's, like you said, it's no real surprise that he's moved on. I don't think it's any massive surprise really he's ended up at the Colts because of the relationship with Frank Reich. Um, it, for me, it's a fascinating one because Carson Wentz has shown what he's capable of. But Carson Wentz has also fallen off a cliff. Uh, and therefore, he's not actually fallen off a cliff. I haven't got breaking news here. What I mean is his performances <laughs> have fallen off a cliff. Um, it's fascinating to see how he does because I think Ryan Tannehill is the perfect example of a quarterback that had a good first season, struggled through that given the scenario that he was in, moved on and has elevated himself because of it. Carson Wentz has shown us he is capable of performing at a level that if if the Colts get that Carson Wentz, that Colts team has taken a big step forward, even with Philip Rivers, that Colts team becomes much more relevant. 
if he's the same Carson Wentz we've seen over the last couple of seasons, that Colts team's taken a massive step back and a very expensive one for that. So therefore, it's really interesting to see what they can get out. And they obviously believe they can turn them around. It's interesting as well because you talk about then the Mariota effect. Mariota at Tennessee moved on. It didn't really work out for him. There was loads and loads of hype. Um, He went to the Raiders where when he stepped in, he looked capable. But he's not really had that chance. Does he now go on and get an opportunity to be a number one? Teddy Bridgewater bounced back from injury, ended up at the Saints, stepped in because Breeze was injured, did a decent enough job, went to the Panthers. There's plenty of problems with the Panthers. Teddy, I thought, had a pretty decent season. And I know you're going to hate me for talking about him, but Asterix, Jameis Winston's got potentially an opportunity to do something very similar. Genuinely, a a new location and a new scheme might be the best thing for that quarterback. Might give somebody who's at that tricky point of their career, that fresh, clean start, an opportunity to go and do something. We put an awful lot of... um, value, rightly so, on quality quarterbacks that can stay in one place and be relevant for a long time. But there's definitely something to be said for these guys who land in a location, it doesn't quite work out for them. That doesn't mean we write them off. It means that, you know, they've got that opportunity. If they've shown signs of capability, I'm fascinated to see how those guys develop. And I think there's a whole of the stories there. Sam Darnold is another perfect example of that. Will Sam Darnold go and thrive somewhere else? And it will be fascinating to see if he does. You know, he's had Adam Gase, the same person that Tannehill had. So, the asterisk next to that. Darnold's not lived up to his hype. He's not even come close to it. But that doesn't mean he's not capable. Um, The one other one that fascinates me for that, although I don't, I think it's a much longer shot for him to be anything other than a backup, is Mitch Trubisky, who I cannot for a second imagine is getting a new contract in Chicago. I just can't see it. Um, Therefore, does Trubisky move on and where does he end up? Does he go somewhere new? And then today's the first day of franchise tags. So obviously we're probably going to see Dak Prescott getting another one. But actually I'd be really interested to see what Dak Prescott could do outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Is he relevant? Is he good? Or is that just the perfect scheme from? I actually think that Dak has shown more than enough capability. He could go somewhere and be a real step up as well. Um, there's, do you know what, chatting around them, there's the team that Ben Roethlisberger could go to and make them a bit more relevant, is the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys could win the division with Ben Roethlisberger, and therefore they're in the postseason. And then once you're in the postseason, you've got an opportunity. So I've, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with myself of not 10 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, it's surprising how often I do that. So there you go. Dallas Cowboys, Ben Roethlisberger. Let Dak move on. Um, get something for him. Get in Big Ben. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I think Dallas wins the division that way. Sorry. I'm going to put the front. I'm going to put the franchise tag on you. There are other podcasts that are interested, <laughs> but you're going nowhere. So, you know, I'm not even going to wait the two weeks, which is traditional. It's it's straight on there, so you can't go anywhere okay. um, unless unless somebody actually betters the offer or whatever it takes. We saw Carson Wentz play just finally in the Superdome. He didn't have a particularly good game, or he did from my perspective, <laughs> but it's. But I still think he is a very capable quarterback. And I think we'll we'll be talking about this. And that's one of the things that we wanted to mention on the podcast today was we've got plans to talk about things over the next, you know, three, four, five months. But be interesting to see what people might want to to join us to talk about. So a couple of things that, that, you know, topics, for example, that I had was life after Breeze. You know, if if Drew does retire, uh, you know, quick look at the Saints. The Texans... You know, are, you know why the dysfunction? Are they 
you know, where we're going to look at the most dysfunctional franchises, perhaps. We've got some, you know, we'd like to do some big interviews. Um, we were hoping to do, and we will do, an NFL Europe special, certainly one or two of them. It's Claymore's 25th anniversary, etc. And we were wondering about doing a couple of master classes along the way, perhaps get someone like Jim Ballard in or coaching as well, just to, to talk about something specific, just to, I don't know about you, but I find my knowledge just keeps growing and growing and growing. Perhaps it's too low a base to start with, but it just keeps growing and growing. So that's some of the ideas that, that I had. Yeah, and I think they're all really good ideas. I think it's important as well that we get the feedback from the people that listen to this podcast. So if you're listening to this right now, reach out to us. You know, um, we're on Twitter at Scotland NFL. We're on Facebook, search for NFL Scotland. Send us a message. Uh, we would love to hear your input on on what topics we cover. And what we might do, Paul, is we might come up with a couple of different ones and maybe put it out to a Twitter vote. You know, and, and I think as well, during the off-season, we've traditionally gone down to doing a pod every second week. And I think that that's something we will continue to do. We'll try and do one every two weeks. There's some people are able to continue this. There's people putting out podcasts every single day, and I credit them. I just don't have, even in this lockdown world, I just don't have the time in my life, unfortunately. I could talk football all day long. If someone wants to phone me, I'll chat to them. <laughs> I want to one podcast. I'll listen, I could talk this crap for hours, so there's not a problem with that. But I think that, yeah, if, if we go to, down to doing one every couple, like you say, we've got free agency coming up. It's sure to be fascinating. We've got the draft coming up. Uh, we'll definitely get Jim Ballard in for that. We've had Jim come in the last couple of seasons before the draft and talk about the quarterback class. I, he's always given great insight. That's absolute, That's one of our traditions now. Jim will absolutely be back to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be really interesting to hear what people would like to hear us cover or not even hear us. If there's someone else you'd like to hear from, reach out to us and we, we'll do what we can to get people in and, and have these conversations. We got Charles Dagnall in uh, at the start of the year. That came from a bit of listener feedback. They reached out and said, oh, please get daggers. Absolutely. We reached out. He was happy to do it. We got Jeff Reinbold this year, which was great. Um, someone had commented about doing some more fantasy chats, so we reached out and got JJ Zachariasen, where he was brilliant as well. So, uh, And obviously we've had Mark Sessler, and Mark said he's going to come back at some point in the offseason as well. So we've got that to look forward to, which is brilliant. Um, we absolutely want to hear your input, though. So yeah, uh, do let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I must try and get Iron Mike Carlson back as yes. well, because he was just beyond brilliant. Can I take us just very quickly to some of our predictions that we made? Because some of them were pretty good and some of them weren't. So just between you and me, at the AFC North, I went Browns, you went Ravens. So, you know, we both went for the Packers in the North. I went Patriots because I, I just refused to believe that they wouldn't win it, but the Bills won it, which you got. I got the Eagles, you went Cowboys. Uh, I got Titans, you went Colts. Uh, Saints, we both went for... Chiefs, we both went for, and we both got the NFC West wrong. You went Seahawks, I went 49ers. Um, I was closer. I was closer. You were were closer. But I want to jump to the the Super Bowl prediction league. And we've got to tip our cap to two people. One is Jim Ballard. The other is Liz Bandari. Both called the Buccaneers winning the whole thing. So that is impressive. And out of all of our guests, they're the only two people that had them, even in the the NFC or AFC Championship. Jim actually predicted Buccaneers 31 as well. He even gave a score. So he predicted Buccaneers 31. So credit to Jim Ballard. You know, well done there. Um, Very good all round. 
so in terms of the NFL Scotland team, that's you, me, Charles, Gordon, Ian and Jamie. Kudos to Jamie for picking the Chiefs for the AFC. Kudos to me for picking the Chiefs for the <laughs> AFC as well. That's about the only thing I did right this year. Nobody got the NFC Buccaneers. Uh, Nobody went for the Buccaneers. I would, I would, the only thing I'd like to go back here, uh, and I mean, obviously there's a, Ian, Ian likes to be slightly uh, off the wall with his predictions anyway. For him to have gone Falcons over Patriots was definitely an outsider bet. But so we'll give him that because Ian likes to play on the edge of these things. Gordon McGuinness predicted the Cardinals would win the Super Bowl. That's a honking, honking. Well, no, he predicted they'd win the NFC. He did stick with the Ravens. Oh, so he did. He did think the Cardinals would win the whole NFC. Yes, sorry. He did think. Apologies. There you go. I'm honking, but but not as honking as that. Uh, The Cardinals winning the NFC. Absolute noise and nonsense. Um, Just, oh, and Ian had the Patriots over the Falcons. Not the other way around. Right, okay. I've made an absolute shambles of that one. But yeah, fine. (laughs) Um, looking at some of the other predictions as well Andy Harrow had the Vikings from the NFC which was a bold prediction Uh, Jamie McLaughlin had the Rams Um, other than that there was a lot of Chiefs there a lot of Chiefs so lots lots of people got that one right but we'll be doing the same thing again this year Uh, and and you all have to try and get my pick six crown off me so certainly going to try Gordon McGuinness because he will he will write into us we, I should point out was the only person that went for the NFC South being the Bucks, which he got wrong as well. So just letting him know that as well before he writes <laughs> and tells us about something else that, that he did wonderfully well. Uh, just to annoy him. That, that's all. N- nothing else there. Yes. Um, it it just shows you how difficult it is. We, we, everybody put Washington to finish bottom of the NFC East. You know, it just just goes to show how sometimes, you know, you can get... I think we all went for the Jaguars to finish bottom of the AFC South, so that wasn't too bad either. Um, the Falcons didn't do as well as we thought. So I, th- I think it, these, these things are fun. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it, but trying to predict the Super Bowl winner is always difficult. So again, uh, tip of the hat to Jim and to Liz for doing so. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, look, lots of fun, lots to look forward to. Uh, that's probably about the full-time whistle, though, for episode 138. Um, we just wanted to have a little check-in and give you all a little update as to what we'll be doing over the off-season. Thank you for taking the time to listen, though. Please, as we've said, do share your thoughts. Let us know your feedback. Let us know your ideas. We would love to hear them at Scotland NFL on Twitter and search for NFL Scotland on Facebook. Like us, you'll be missing the AAF. We want the AF back. We want spring football. We want any football. It's a long time between the end of the Super Bowl and the start of the regular season. But there'll be a little bit of baseball in there to cushion us all the way through. Scotland and the Euros and whatever. But the NFL Scotland podcast will continue to bring you the best NFL information from a Scottish point of view. From Cameron and from myself. Stay safe. Take care. Bye for now.